0: Little Searching for the unusual, the obscure, the forgotten treasures hidden deep within streaming media. This is the Deep Dive Podcast. Plane in the sun.
1: Get below. Look out. Get below. Dive the boat. Dive the
0: boat. Take it down 150 feet. Steer course 090.
1: Continue to dive.
0: Hello, divers. Welcome to the Deep Dive Podcast. So, I want to say thank you to everyone who listened to our Horror Month shows. We hope you had as much fun listening as we did bringing it to you. Absolutely. If you are new to this podcast, welcome. I'm Tom Feeney, writer for Wings Chop Movie Magazine. New issue available now.
1: (gasps) No way. That's
0: right. That's right. So, in the new issue, I wrote a hopefully interesting article about comedy legend slash notorious egomaniac Jerry Lewis. Look for it. (laughs) On Amazon.com. That's Wings Chop Movie Magazine. So now that the shameless plug portion is (laughs) out of the way, here, as always, is my absolutely incredible co-host.
1: Aw, it's Manda, co-host extraordinaire, famed beauty and lover of all things, dinosaur. But, of course, you already knew that.
0: And if you didn't, now you do.
1: Now you do. I love Jerry Lewis, but remember when he used to sing at the end of the telethon and it made you cry?
0: Yeah. 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 But he was an awful person anyway. But in real life, so there you oh, go,
1: really? Like, okay. Yeah. I guess I'll have to read your article. Yes, I mean-
0: even though it really doesn't have a whole lot to do with his terrible personality, it has. A, <laughs> it actually, without spoiling it, has something to do with another aspect of his career that a lot of people may not be aware of. Dr. So, do a little. Mm, no, he had nothing to do with that. You're thinking of the Nutty Professor.
1: Oh yeah. Hi, do- hi hi
0: hi, nice <laughs>
1: lady. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's no, you do idea. that too good. No, I've been practicing a lot when I'm alone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, so why are we here? We are here to uncover do some of the laundry. hidden gems. Yes, that too. Do mm-hmm. your laundry. You need some change? Yeah. Okay, I'll get that later. <laughs> uh, we're here to look for some hidden gems or unusual offerings lurking in your streaming media services. Ooh. Now, it's November here in the New England area where mm-hmm. we are recording. It is... Today was extremely cold. I woke oh, up this morning gosh. and it said like 17 degrees.
1: Oh, my. I was expecting it to be snowy outside, too, but there wasn't. It was just icy.
0: It felt like it was going to yeah, snow, but it actually frigid. didn't. Thank goodness for that. I'm not ready.
1: Well, it's coming tomorrow, I think.
0: Oh, don't. <laughs> oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. Where
1: did the year go?
0: Oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, we're ready for our six months of winter here in New Orleans. So. <laughs> yeah, and you can tell, you know, the leaves are falling from the trees and the local serial killers are preparing to hibernate for the winter. <laughs> You know, but it also it also means the coming of the holiday season, right? Aww. And Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is on its mm-hmm, way, mm-hmm. and you know, with it, you have the usual trappings: the dry turkey, the burnt sweet potato pie, gelatinous cranberry sauce, lumpy gravy, yeah, uh, political Donny Brooks, <laughs> and the <laughs> inevitable tryptophan coma. Uh. Of course, but you know, we owe this yearly familial obligation. To a group of settlers that came to this land hundreds of years ago. Mm. And I of course am talking about who? Oh, I oh I'm sorry. Uh the what's this word? Pil- Pi? Pil- Pilgrim. Pilgrim. Oh. Pil- Pilgrims. Pilgrims, yes, that's, that's what the it one. says here. <clears throat> So they came to New England from classic England, which I guess (laughs) that's like going from classic Coke to new Coke and that it didn't quite turn out as planned. Eh, These things happen. But they came seeking religious freedom, which means they wanted to find a place where they could be free to deny others their religious freedom. Mm -hmm. Funny how that works. Mm -hmm. But there have been many depictions.
1: Yeah, of course. And reenactments
0: of the pilgrims and their struggles and their dealings with the Native Americans they encountered. And that is our topic for this week Mm -hmm. all things (laughs) pilgrimage.
1: let's go on a pilgrimage if you will no
0: yeah i'm gonna edit that out okay uh (laughs) oh boy
1: you know it's actually a misconception that they sailed from england i mean they were most of them were english but they had to go to like holland Mm -hmm. to escape the persecution and then sail to the states well the colonies
0: yeah so it was like a layover
1: yeah, with, but with a ship.
0: Yeah, so it took a lot longer, I would think.
1: You know, rats and smallpox and all that. Ugh, okay, so much
0: fun. <laughs> so, Amanda, what, what, was your, uh, what was your first pick? Tell us.
1: My first pick, I actually really like this one. So, my first pick is called Saints and Strangers. It's from 2014. It was produced by National Geographic. Ooh. Yes, and uh, premiered on their uh, TV station. Um, directed by Paul Edwards, who actually is pretty famous for Once Upon a Time, if you ever watched it on ABC. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh The Fringe, Lost. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. It stars Ray Stevenson, who you probably know from Thor. Um also he was Blackbeard in Black Sales. Okay. Did you ever did. watch Black Sales? No. It's a good party show, not bad. Mm. Also Vincent carthizer um, Mad Men. Most people know from Mad Men. And also Michael Grey Eyes, who is one of my favorites uh native actors native american actors ever uh anyways so this is a two-part series um it's like a mini series i guess you could call it kind of like a like an overnight movie but it's it's about 90 minutes long each
0: after 66 days at sea wrought with sickness and storms we offer thanks for our deliverance to this show ask for your mercy. Beseech you for your guidance and pray for your protection as we face unknown perils in this new world.
1: It basically uh, starts with the struggles from the sailing portion of it on the Mayflower to actually landing. And then within their first year, like it sort of encompasses their first year of life Mm -hmm. Um, with it sort of brought this like visceral almost um, and almost like a shocking chronicle of what happened. Because of course there's this idea that they landed and they made friends with the Indians as they call the tribes. Um, And then they had Thanksgiving and everything was wonderful, but really there was so much hardship that they incurred. Oh yeah. Um, So telling the lives of their first year in the new world, the stories of the individuals, which almost splits up into two categories, the saints, which are those who came over for religious reasons to escape persecution, to practice freely. And then of course, the strangers, those who came for the immense profit that was said to be buried in the ground of the new world. So you had merchants, you had, you know, military men on the Mayflower. And then you had, of course, the the settlers would become the settlers. Um, And with that, brought a lot of tension because of course most people felt that they were coming over to escape a tyrannical king and so that they could worship and and pray to the god that they wanted to and then you have other people who were like you know what let's just get in get the golds let's not care about whose land we're taking what we're doing with it um and so then there's conflict with the tribe and this story is that part of the story is probably like the same amongst all the things that we're going to talk about today yeah but realistically these people had to find ways in order to not only navigate the land but navigate the very like fragile and eggshell relationship with these people who see them as well demons kind of right they're different color skin they wear different clothes they have like the they build really wooden houses you know and they're not expecting it so basically it's the first year um a lot of bloodshed (laughs) it's not necessarily um doesn't really hold back because i feel like on national geographic and like the ae channel that kind of theme they don't really hold back Mm -hmm. they they do the fake blood and fx and all that fun stuff but this does play out kind of like a movie um so Where can you find it? Currently, right now, you do get to pay for it. It is $9.99 per episode on Voodoo, or you can buy both the same time for $14.99. IMDb gives it a seven point one out of ten. Rotten Tomatoes gives it an eighty percent. So it's it's pretty high up there for a I would say a really I don't want to say overdone. What's the way? How can we portray that? Um, a very well loved genre of movie, Mm -hmm, shall we say, mm -hmm. or story. Um, so yeah, I I liked it. I'm gonna give it like a seven point five out of ten. I think. Yeah, I really enjoyed the the. Actually, I really like this, the seascapes. So the entire thing was filmed in South Africa. Oh, wow. And of course, it's surrounded by ocean, but they have some of the most amazing coastlines. uh, And you really get to see that to come come to life in the show. Um, But basically, that's my first pick. It's short and sweet. Mm -hmm. You you understand the concept of it, but watch it because it's visceral. And I think you'll really fall in love with these characters.
0: Wow. Very cool. Yeah. I like that. Nice pick. Thank you. So for me... As with, you know, all things historical Mm -hmm. that you can appreciate, of course. Oh, yeah. uh, There can be as much, if not more, myth than fact being dispensed. Well, yeah. The story of the pilgrims and their journeys and struggles is no exception to that, of course. (laughs) Um, Thanksgiving lore has been co-opted by every form of media to the point where we don't distinguish fact from fiction. Right. We have a specific narrative that is created around Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. and the people who, you know, who were responsible for that.
1: At least we do. I feel yeah. like the Canadians don't necessarily share our view of it or how it happened. It's a little bit different, I think, in their opinion.
0: Yeah, it, but it's a good thing no one cares what the Canadians think. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm just kidding. Hey, they to recognize Canadian, the First Nation
1: people. So I think I would take their opinion over ours.
0: Hey, and to all our Canadian listeners, I, I you know, three I, of you? no no offense, where it's all about having a good time. Uh, <laughs> hey. Oh. Yeah, but yeah, everything sounds like a question. I don't know what that's all about. So my first pick is the excellent 2015 documentary from PBS's American Experience mm-hmm. called simply The Pilgrims. There's been a tremendous amount of memory produced around The Pilgrims, but there's also been a lot of forgetting. That memory is very selective. And part of what we've forgotten is how close suffering and violence were to one another. So to look at what's been remembered and let that shed light on what's been forgotten is an important exercise when we're thinking about something that has been so central to our national imagination. Um, This was directed by Rick Burns, who is the younger brother of famed documentarian Ken Burns.
1: Oh, I love Ken Burns.
0: Ken Burns, you know, Civil War, Baseball, Prohibition. But also his brother, Rick Burns, is also a noted documentarian in his own right. So this documentary, The Pilgrims, delves into the personalities, the beliefs, and the incredible will to survive of those early settlers. There's so much more to the story than what your grammar school history teacher told you. So not only is this a, a harrowing tale of a small group of people struggling to survive in a harsh environment in a place they know almost nothing about, but it's also a fascinating look at selective memory. (laughs) What we as a country choose to remember about the pilgrims is in many ways reflective of how we as a society tend to strip away the negative to fit the narrative we want to believe. Mm. I mean, just look at Christopher Columbus as another example of historical whitewashing. I mean, seriously. History is never orderly. It's messy. It's bloody and Mm -hmm. filled with people who make very human choices. And that doesn't diminish their roles in history. It makes them more relatable, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of what I took away from this documentary. Uh, you know, they they weren't saints. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were people trying to survive in a harsh environment, and maybe not all the choices they made oh, yeah. were were good ones, but mm-hmm. they were very human ones, and ones that I think were just born about their experience. Uh, where they were at the time, what their belief systems were. And I think with this documentary, you really kind of get a sense of that. Mm-hmm. And in many ways, it humanizes it for you because mm-hmm. you, you get you begin to understand what their motivations were and what uh, you know, why they made the choices that they made. In hindsight, it's easy to say that, oh, right. you know, they should have done something differently. But and but faced in,
1: with that challenge, what would you have done?
0: Exactly. Exactly. What would you have done? And so that's what I took away from this. That, you know, the pilgrims were essentially ordinary people who took an extraordinary risk. Yeah, okay. And they, you know, for the most part, actually survived, Hmm. you know. Um, So uh, that's—it's a fascinating documentary. It's only Mm -hmm. a couple hours long, but it really kind of makes you think about what what we believe as a country and as a society versus what actually happened.
1: And it sort of, you know, toes that line between do we— Take the effort, make the effort to go ahead and demyth all these things, or do we just keep it commercialized?
0: Right. Yeah. Because it's safe. Yes. It's a safe and yeah. comfortable narrative. Right. That we can hold on to.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. It yeah. kind of upsets me, actually. Well, I, you know, I, I, but in I can one understand. sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. In one sense, I understand that. But also, you can kind of like, okay, you know, there's there's no reason to treat. Thanksgiving, like some kind of funeral dirge, right. <laughs> even though right. it was a, it was a lot messier getting to that point than most people choose yeah. to think about. Yeah, but I guess you can consider the end result is. Now we have a place where families can get together and yell at each other every year.
1: <laughs> so not much has changed? Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. See that? So uh, now as for the scores go, the only place I could find a rating was on Internet Movie Database, which mm. gave it a respectable 7.3 oh, not bad. out of 10. it's not bad. Um, if you want to see PBS's American Experience, The Pilgrims, uh, if you are an Amazon Prime video subscriber, you can watch it right now. Ooh. And uh, on iTunes, it is a $4.99 rental mm, not bad. so there you go the pilgrims
1: i'm so proud of you for doing a documentary
0: i know i don't usually do those yeah but uh you know i just i i love i love stories that that take the myth out of history yeah and give you kind of the real story
1: agreed yeah all right i do say that history is written by the victor though right it so, is so the majority but of and when i know. find
0: victor i'm gonna uh <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: victor way to go thanks vic all right, my next pick, my last pick before some honorable mentions, is actually, um, I don't want to say it's not in the time, the same time frame, but of course, it doesn't necessarily deal with the pilgrims. Yeah, but sort of the same century, sort of. It's called *The New World* mm-hmm. from two thousand and five, um, and it stars Colin Firth um, and okay and christian Bale, and how do i how do i kind of i can't pronounce her name and i just don't want to butcher it but she's a very famous native american uh, actress corianka kilcher okay yeah you, basically you'll you'll see if you check it out but anyways it is a retelling of the pocahontas and john smith love story
0: ooh now is it fun- animated
1: <laughs> no but funny thing you mentioned mention that because i think you're second or your first pick rather led right into mine because it's sort of trying to you know dispel the myth um around this animated love story that Disney cooked up they, maybe they didn't cook up but they profited off of significantly by oh, animating yeah. it mm-hmm. and making it way less violent than it sort of actually was you're oh, a curious man Smith what is it that you're looking for I've always believed that something good was in store for me destiny all my own we must live in peace with these people our survival depends upon you. i beg you let not america go wrong her first hour um but i'll get to let me get to this first so the the movie itself takes place um obviously many many years ago uh colin farrell is john smith and in 1607 he comes to the colonies and he of course meets the quote-unquote savages and he falls in love with pocahontas now her tribe and she's she is still the daughter of the chief but her tribe don't really like it and you know the english people don't really like it they're like hey we don't want you to mix they were super racist and all that Mm. but you know what they defied it they said no we're gonna love each other so um sort of you know in the background politics get in the way and John Smith is taken out of the picture.
0: Not he, his real name, by the way, John Smith. Come on. <laughs>
1: well, he might've been one of the first Smiths. We don't actually mm, know, but it, yeah, yeah. Um, he's taken out of the picture and Pocahontas is led to believe that she, that he is dead. Ooh. So then walks in Christian Bale looking very handsome as John Rolfe. John Rolfe was a, a aristocrat, basically came over to the colonies and, Pocahontas is persuaded to marry him and she starts to develop a couple of feelings like a little bit of feelings for him but nothing significant right mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. she married him. In real life she did of course marry John Rolfe. Yeah. Um and then guess what John Smith is back and she's like oh no I am already married but I still love him and you know it just becomes like a love triangle type thing. And of course it has a lot of uh fictional story and plot put into yeah, it. Yeah, sure. But the basic premise is the same, right? so i'll let you check it out until you can see the ending i won't spoil it for you but the idea here is to take the i guess more dirty version not dirty as in terms of like inappropriate but like raw version of the pocahontas story from the disney animated film series and bring it to real life pocahontas of course was the daughter of the local tribesman Uh, i think the wampanoag i think um and What's funny, too, is that in this film, it actually mentions that they did they did their best to speak a common tongue, Mm -hmm. which right now, I think the Abenaki tribe up in the First Nations Canadian area still speak it. But it's not necessarily what they spoke, but it was close enough. And I thought it was really cool that they had someone on set directing them. Um, But anyways, Pocahontas marries John Rolfe. John Rolfe takes her to England and she attempts to sort of assimilate and it doesn't necessarily go that well she's out of place people don't they treat her kind of like this like sideshow
0: thing yeah, yeah. where they
1: want to kind of like poke and prod at her like you know oh you can speak english and why are your skin brown and all this fun stuff mm-hmm. um so it she didn't have the best of lives um but really what's about what's what's interesting about this one is that not only is it live action but it makes an attempt to show uh a genuine connection between John Ralph and Pocahontas where um, just simply reading the, t- the history textbooks, you might think that he kind of just like, you know, took her, stole her yeah, kind of thing. Uh, anyways, IMDb eh, gives it a 6.7, not the highest, of course. Rotten Tomatoes right around the same at a 63. Uh, I found it interesting that the Roger Ebert company did <laughs> actually rate it a four out of four, which blew my mind wow. because I was not expecting that. Huh. Um, so where can you see it right now? It's free on voodoo which is always great or you can rent it on youtube for $2.99 so do i recommend seeing it yeah i mean definitely it's worth checking out especially if you're a fan of the original book which by the way that movie did quite a bit for the franchise um it was right up there with little mermaid right and um uh, it's synonymous i think pocahontas is synonymous with sometimes the the early what do they call them the disney um, the Disney
0: renaissance really.
1: there you go yeah, yeah 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 um and she's still portrayed as a princess so yeah there you go anyways that's it my second pick
0: nice yeah thank you i like it so as usual i'm gonna hit you with a curveball oh yeah bloody murder well no not that well, i mean you usually I'm have blood know. and gore there, nope. completely the opposite way here. <laughs> completely the. I'm not uh, talking about Thanksgiving, which are is a different you, <laughs> I am not talking are about Are you
1: that. doing a triple F? Mm,
0: yes, I am.
1: Oh, what? I am,
0: yes. Okay. And for our audience, that means?
1: Family-friendly flick. I coined right. that, by the way.
0: Um, yes, you did. Copyright yeah. trademark.
1: <laughs> it's the only thing I've contributed yes. to this
0: podcast. So, and the, uh, when we did our, hol- our Halloween show, mm-hmm. uh, one of your picks was Mad Monster Party.
1: Oh, I love that movie.
0: And, of course, uh, the creators of Mad Monster Party... uh, Rankin-Bass. Rankin-Bass. They are responsible Mm. for some of the most beloved holiday programming Mm. ever. They created so many classic holiday TV specials. You know, there's Christmas, New Year's, even Easter has been represented. Mm, Yeah. But what about Thanksgiving? Mm. So, for my second pick... I'm diving deeper into the Rankin-Bass catalog huh. for one of their more obscure holiday specials, 1968's The Mouse on the Mayflower, <laughs> which you've probably never heard of. No,
1: I haven't. Exactly. So, will have to
0: Google this. You'll have to Google this. The Mouse on the Mayflower was an hour-long Thanksgiving animated special that was co-produced with the Japanese animation studio Toei, who later gave the world Sailor Moon and Digimon. So there you go. So this was not stop motion like Rudolph. Think think more like Frosty, which is completely animated. Huh. So the story is told in flashbacks by a church mouse named William. Now, he is recounting the tale of his great-great-great-grandfather who came to America on the Mayflower. That mouse, also named William, is a witness to the Pilgrim's decision to leave for America. So as the journey begins, William and the Pilgrims face scheming crew members and stormy seas along the way. So after landing on Plymouth Rock, William meets and befriends a Native American mouse named Thunder. Yeah. The natives are portrayed as decent and kind, except for one named, brace yourself, Smiling Buzzard. (laughs) This was the 60s people, and That's, yes, they are referred to as Indians. Oh, okay, since
1: it's, it's tone the line.
0: Yeah. So, so soon the winter of 1621 comes with a vengeance, and some of the settlers don't survive. Spring eventually arrives, and the pilgrims plant their crops as they are taught by the natives. That leads to a huge feast, which of course becomes the first Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. all told, in the journal of this church mouse, William. They were giving a big party, and there had to be enough for all. And the next day, we had the feast to end all feasts. Oh, there was turkey, and fruits, and vegetables, and big juicy berries, and, well, you name it. There was even, right, cheese. Good old English nummy nummy cheddar. It was the best blooming day of all the blooming days in the whole blooming year. No wonder it became a national holiday. So it's uh, it's it's cute Uh, in the great rank and bash tradition. The Mouse and the Mayflower is a musical and there are some nice, if not memorable songs in there as well, sung by the characters. The voice acting is pretty good. And William the Mouse is played by someone named Tennessee Ernie Ford. If you're not familiar with that name, Ford was a very popular country western singer and TV Mm -hmm. personality in the mid-20th century. Mm -hmm. So the special itself actually ran for years every Thanksgiving on network television and then was syndicated for many years afterwards. But it has since fallen into relative obscurity. Now... Maybe that's because it's not as culturally sensitive as it needs to be, or maybe because it's not tied to an iconic holiday character like Rudolph or Frosty. Mm. Nevertheless, it's still got a lot of heart and some good songs and excellent vocal performances. Mm. So the mouse on the Mayflower, where where can you see it? What are the scores? Mm. So first off, only on Internet Movie Database, a 7 out of 10. Oh, okay. For this special. So some people have seen it, actually. Yeah. Um, It is not available to rent. Okay. It is not available to buy. But it is available for free as of this recording on YouTube. On YouTube. (laughs) I knew it. Exactly. So someone, it's not (laughs) great quality. Trust me on this one. It is not. It looks like it was taped off TV years ago and everything like that. But- if you are a fan of holiday specials, and if you are a fan of Rankin Bass, mm-hmm. which who isn't really? Yeah, I mean. You should seek this out. The Mouse on the Mayflower. It's a really cute little production. It fits right in there with the pantheon of Rankin Bass right. holiday specials, but it just seems to have been left behind, mm-hmm. which is kind of a shame, even though its depictions of Native Americans are not exactly the most culturally sensitive. Well, yeah. So, but that's, you know, like yeah. I said, context, right? Yeah. It's all about the times. And and speaking of that, just real quick, you know, hey, Disney Plus. All yeah. Right. Get, with, get on board and get Song of the South on there, all right? please.
1: Show <laughs> Listen, some context. I started watching Gargoyles today. I'm so oh, excited. Oh, I know. You know what? You should do a microcast about Disney+. Plus.
0: You know what? what? I actually am going to do that Ooh. next week. Ooh, spoiler. Deep Dive microcast is going to be all about Disney+. Plus yeah. some of the uh some of the fun stuff. They had some technical issues <laughs> yeah, the I first heard. day. So many people apparently uh like a hundred million subscribers the first day, a yeah. hundred million signups. Yeah, you know, that'll clog anybody's pipes. <laughs> uh, but still it's gonna be, I think it's very interesting, and it bodes well for mm-hmm. the the platform, yeah. That so many people are talking about it, mm-hmm. talking about the shows uh things like that so i think that's pretty cool actually
1: so stay tuned that's gonna be a pretty in-depth but short microcast because that's yes, course the that's point
0: what, yeah so 30 second stops no uh yeah <laughs> so cool
1: sponsor. yeah
0: now as far as uh honorable mentions go yeah i only have one and okay. uh once again i'm going a little out of the box it is a, uh, I believe 89 1989 horror movie called warlock and basically it starts off in the in the in the, in the you know those times yeah. like the yeah. times i don't know if you've ever it's seen time this.
1: traveler right yeah richard
0: yeah. e grant great great british actor Oh, i love him yeah. is a, a a witch hunter yeah and he <laughs> uh has imprisoned julian sands who is the warlock mm-hmm. but he comes up with some kind of time travel spell and travels to what is 1989 modern day uh america <laughs> and of course Uh, Richard E. Grant's character follows him along and they go off and they hunt each other. And it's really it's a fun movie. It's not smart. (laughs) It's cute. It's fun. It's got some fun special effects in it. But I give it that because it it originates. It starts to take place in that era, which is kind of cool. And there's some nice little bits of bits of stuff in there that I like uh but yeah warlock is is one of my like guilty pleasures as far as as far as that goes so um well i
1: think i like richardine grant i really do
0: he's so good he's so good now uh just to recap our picks uh manda your picks were
1: mine was saints and strangers the national geographic production and then the new world
0: very good and mine were pbs's american experience the Pilgrims, a 2015 documentary, and the Rankin Bass sort of classic, The Mouse on the Mayflower. So, pretty cool, huh? Yeah. I like it. Not too it. bad. I like it. Not too bad. So, be sure to visit our website at thedeepdivepodcast.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast. Absolutely. Uh, and do you have anyone you want to thank this week?
1: Let's see. Well, I think we should give a huge shout out again to Paloma. She was on our last episode yes, of our horror uh, month, and that was so much fun. That was a lot of fun. A we had lot a good of fun. Time. Uh, yeah, uh, I would say too. We've got a lot of new Instagram followers, yep. so hello to everybody there. We're mm-hmm. pretty active on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, you can find us at the Deep Dive Podcast, um, uh, and I would also say uh, Podbean because we're getting so many followers through Podbean. Yes, it's they're fantastic. an excellent platform. We really, really love yep. them, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah.
0: Couldn't be happier with that. And thank you to all of our listeners everywhere. No matter where you're listening from, no matter what country you're listening from. Uh welcome. Yeah. Oh hey. I'm just
1: kidding. Just kidding. They're recovering. It's not a country yet. I know. I'm sorry. That was in bad taste. Mm.
0: So yeah. So and and, you know, the feedback we we get makes us only makes us better. Uh, keep sending ideas and suggestions. We we might even use them. Uh, probably not
1: though. Oh, I have one last thank you. Yes. Bob Acorn.
0: Oh yes, yes, yes! I
1: yes. love Bob. Bob is amazing, but he also tweaked our intro music for the
0: microcast. Yes, yes, he did the uh, the the lounge theme. Yeah. for the deep dive. It was podcast. like a
1: like a sort of nineteen forties kind of a jazzy, yeah. jazzy riff, it which was I brilliant. like. It was so good. Yes. So thank yes. you, Bob.
0: Yeah, thanks, Bob. And so for the amazing Manda and all of us here in Studio D, I'm Tom Feeney. See ya See you next time. Bye. Special thanks to Spirits of the Symphonic and Echocraft for our amazing theme music. If you like us, you can subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, Overcast, or wherever fine podcasts are found. The Deep Dive Podcast is a production of Automaton Media. Oh, take her easy there, pilgrim.